10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Live from Spain, this is The Drive Home with Harry Waters. Hello, welcome and good evening to everybody. I hope you're well uh, in this cool, calm and collected running to the most wonderful time of the year. Um, what is it that you want um, this year for Christmas? Has anybody broken your heart recently? Um, or all sorts of other puns related to Christmas songs. Um, I hope you're well. I hope you've had a, a pleasant last week, I imagine, if you're in the UK. Um, you'll be you'll be winding down now to the end of term. Here in Spain, we're, we're on till next Wednesday. Um, so a week today is the last day of term for everybody here. Um, but for us, so for us, we're going to keep on going all the way through to Christmas Eve, 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 if that's a thing. I don't think it's a thing. Anyway, so what we've got now are these last few lessons, these last classes that are, you know, everyone has done their exams. Now, trust me, there are plenty of exams to do here. Um, we had a long weekend last weekend, which lasted until Wednesday, in fact, and my daughter then went back to school. She's eight, as I'm sure regular listeners know. Uh, she went back to school uh, for an exam on Thursday and Friday because they obviously have to do their end of term exams. They couldn't possibly get through to the end of the year without doing a few more exams. Uh, so they will be getting their legendary notas or their grades next week. And that is the only thing that anybody cares about here in Spain. Um, so they've all finished their exams now. So what they're looking at are Christmas classes. Now, in my classes, I haven't actually done any any exams just yet. I'm doing the assessment, well, continuous assessment throughout the year. But then, of course, we have our, our main assessment. Uh, that's actually on Monday. Um, but the kids won't know they're being assessed because I don't think there's any need for us to, to sh uh, flag up that there's all these different um, things they're being tested on and so on and so forth. We're going to see what we've taught them. They're only six, seven, and then nine as well. So I don't think there's any need to worry them. Um, so yeah, that is, that's that basically. That's the what's going on. Um, so we've got Christmas classes planned as well. Um, but every year it's like, oh, what should we do for Christmas classes? They're always, always the same. Now, particularly with, with ELT, I don't know how many times I've seen Mr. Bean's Christmas. It doesn't get any less funny, I'll be honest. It's, it's still pretty brilliant. Um, anyone knocking Mr. Bean, you know, you, you can answer to me. Uh, although Rowan Atkinson did once cross a picket line, so that does kind of stand against quite a lot of my uh, my ideals. But Mr. Bean's pretty funny. Um, so I've had a chat this week to, to Charlie from Charlie's Lessons. Um, he recently published a video all about... Um, Christmas lessons. So that's what we're going to be. We're going to be listening to today. We're going to be having a chat with Charlie, um, listen to his ideas for Christmas lessons. And yeah, I hope that you enjoy it. I hope you have fun. Uh, if you have any ideas, please do feel free to share them in the chat. Now, this is a recorded interview. So if you do want to say anything, 
don't worry, do call in. I'll be able to pause the interview and we can we can go on with it in, in other ways, shapes or forms. Um, but yeah, until then, let's listen to what Charlie had to say. Welcome back, Charlie. Uh, now, for those of you who are regular listeners or in fact listen to the first ever show I did here on Teachers Talk Radio, Charlie was my first ever guest a whopping 22 shows ago. So welcome back, Charlie. Thank you, Harry. Thank you for having me again. Can't believe it's been so long. It's been an awfully long time. It was back in June, I think. Um, so uh, an entire half a year ago. Yeah. Oh, how we've grown. We all, we have, we have all grown. Yeah, except uh, my hair well, has I'm, 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 I'm getting, I'm getting shorter, I think. Yeah, my hair's getting short, yeah. that's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> so um, last time we spoke to Charlie, we spoke to him more about his, his position as a, as a director of, of studies, not a movie director, although he does mm -hmm. do a bit of directing himself as well, obviously. Today we're going to yeah. talk to him on a more Christmassy vibe and talk a little bit more about his lessons um, being mm -hmm. Charlie's lessons the world famous um, YouTube channel that I'm sure you have all subscribed to. <laughs> um, famous, have you, Harry? Have, have you, Harry? Have you subscribed? Um, I've subscribed. I think I've only subscribed on one account, actually, but I do have another two that I should okay. probably also subscribe on and press the bell uh, so I know when there's a new video. Yeah. I was about to get off the call because, you know, if you'd said no, <laughs> I, I also comment on your videos charlie i i find them i find them interesting you do. um and i i genuinely really enjoy them um i tend to comment on them on as many social media platforms as possible but i usually watch them first on youtube um is that the place you'd like us to watch them first yes yeah i do I don't really share the videos on other platforms as as the, I don't upload the videos to any other platforms except YouTube, but I'll link the video on all the socials. So uh, I'm I've got a I've got accounts and under the same name, Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter. I've actually got a TikTok channel too, which I have a lot of fun with. Um, so I tried to keep it all again, you know, related to teaching and so on, but just, you know, have a laugh. So um, you can go ahead and check that out too, if you like, if you're into that kind of thing. You know, TikTok's not only for kids. I've, I have seen some of your TikTok videos, but I've not seen them directly on TikTok. Uh, right. I've seen them elsewhere. I, I am not cool enough yet to go on TikTok. I'm also looking somewhere to find the time to be able to get there and and the thing is, I've got some brilliant ideas for it, but I don't have the same have. execution as you do when it comes to, to creating videos. I'm more of a live video kind of guy. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm, the, the patience as well. I don't have the video editing patience. You, you must have the patience of a saint. Although I know I was, yeah. I was listening to you talking on, uh, when you were speaking to Volcan the other day on, on yeah. Insta. And you said how at first, you know, it would take you forever to, to make a video. But then obviously after a while, like with everything, the more practice mm -hmm. you got, the easier it became. Yeah, yeah. It has uh, got a lot quicker. But 
I mean, the last video, the, the video I've just done, which is about the, the level of English uh, in the world in 2021, took me a long time to, to edit because I've got this new green screen behind me and that brings up a whole host of problems. I mean, it's got, it brings a lot of benefits too, obviously, that's why I bought it. <laughs> but um, there's, a, there's also a lot of uh, tweaking going on, so that, that's probably why it took me so long. But, but yeah, otherwise... Yeah, it's a, it's a yeah. really cool video, though. Which one? The, the last one? Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, I enjoyed making it. The whole world in your hands. It, it, I do have the whole world in my hands, Harry. <laughs> It made me sing that classic song. Um, I don't know if you ever sang it at school, but it, it went, he's got the whole world in his hands. Um, Go on then, you're going to sing it for us. Look at that pressure you put me under. Um, <laughs> he's got the whole world in his hands. He's got the whole world in his hands. In his hands, he's got the whole world in his hands. He's got the whole world in his hands. In his hands. There you go. That's it. I decided that bit. Yeah, I did. Yeah, I did. I sang well, a lot of songs. I well, actually, I hummed a lot. I did a lot of humming because I didn't want to actually sing. Oh, um, I was the opposite. I was the the loud kid. What's well, unsurprisingly, who would just sing yeah. really loud. Um, we I were kind of too. Yeah, we yeah, would. We did sing this, to be honest. We did a Christmas concert every year at the Durngate Theatre in Northampton, which was the the premier venue in Northampton, in fact. Um, and I remember one year back in maybe year four, I think, when I went yeah. there with Miss Pettit's choir and I was there singing. And uh, my auntie came up to me afterwards and said, oh, my auntie who's in a choir now, actually, one mm. um, mm. the bar choir. And uh, she came up to me afterwards and said, oh, Harry, I could, I could really hear you. I was like, that's quite <laughs> a good thing. I don't know. But it's a true thing. It was. I mean, if you if you're loud and proud, that's you know, that's good. Exactly. And yeah, speaking yeah. of Christmas concerts, um, it's almost Christmas. Um, as I sit here looking at my daughter's reusable advent calendar, um, <laughs> um, and that reminds me, you had a video not long ago. Um, a few yeah. weeks back. In fact, again, something you mentioned on on your your chat on on Instagram mm -hmm. um, that you would be bringing out, you hadn't at the time, but you have now. And it is a video yeah. with some wonderful activities for for your Christmas classes. Now, I wondered if perhaps we could talk about them here today. Mm -hmm. For sure, for sure. Yeah, yeah. I I I had this in the pipeline for a while. Obviously, I tried to kind of work around the. Uh, the um the academic year and and the, and the calendar as well so i tried to focus on um things that are happening maybe like halloween christmas easter uh end of year beginning of year um you know activities that i know people or just teachers also are uh, might need ideas to kind of build a class around so um that's that was the the idea behind it you know just just to give people around this around this time of year some ideas some some lesson plans perhaps for, for them to take into their class so um yeah i did a video on eight eight christmas activities and i was wearing my christmas jumper in the uh in the thumbnail and i've got i've now got four christmas jumpers and i will be wearing them all through december 
Um, and that's something I think that everyone, I, I like doing that. And I kind of think people here in Spain are catching on as well. This because the kind of the ho the horrible Christmas jumper thing is not wasn't really that popular, but um, I'm seeing them being sold a lot more um, nowadays. So I think they absolutely are. On. Yeah, absolutely are. In yeah. fact, I was in Madrid just just yesterday, and I went into a Umana shop, which is a, a charity shop, which we don't have many of mm. um, down in in the south, but. There were quite a few up there and I went in and um, I found a, a, a fancy Christmas jumper for, for three euros. Um, and yeah, it's it's revolting. Yeah, yeah. I think that's the idea though, isn't it? That's, it's definitely the idea. Yeah, 100%. It's like find has, as ugly a Christmas yeah. jumper as you can. Um, yeah. And yeah, so you've um, come up with these, well, you, you've released this video with these ideas. Mm. Anybody who mm. um, hasn't seen or subscribed, Charlie's lessons, very easy, get there on YouTube. Now, yep. your lessons are generally for, well, they are for ELT classroom, for English, um, English as a yeah. second language or English learning classrooms. But yeah. a lot of them, a lot of the videos that you have, you know, can be adapted. Um, yes, In definitely. other senses, um, if not only for the ELT classroom. Yeah. I mean, I mean, a couple of my ideas, um, for example, the, you know, something simple as Secret Santa or the Advent calendar idea, you know, those are ideas that can definitely be adapted for uh, any kind of classroom, really, because really the Secret Santa uh, idea is, you know, people, people are doing all around the world at this time of year. And it's all about really kind of building up a sense of, you know, community in the classroom and, and getting the students to know each other and you know you need to do that anywhere if you're a teacher working anywhere so um i just trying to add i tried to add a little twist to it so that you know you are getting students to say something or do something in english so for example when i'm talking about secret santa in my video it's the, I'm asking the students not only to go out and look for a present for a classmate, but also to give reasons why uh, while they're giving it. So once you do the actual Secret Santa in class, then you're also getting students to kind of say, well, I, you know, I bought uh, these, um, you know, I bought this pen for, for Manolo, Manuel, because he's, he's always asking me to, to borrow a pen, you know, so some 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 kind of twist on it at the end where students are, are going to have to use the language to, to to give some kind of explanation to the teacher but again that's you can you don't have to do that and just the act of doing a secret center i think in any classroom is going to be beneficial for the students because um it gives you an insight into whether the students are actually you know making an effort to get to know each other you know i think it's really important that you do activities that promote the, those relationships between the students during during the year that they're together um and i think this is one of them you know around christmas time and then the advent calendars this is something really simple you, you know just you just mentioned then you've got a reusable one uh, that's great you know you just all you need to do is fill the spaces where the chocolates were with some kind of challenge or task or activity or question um, what we're doing in our school is we've actually got some tiny little miniature images of christmas some popular christmas vocabulary and i'm going into each class and asking the students to you know choose an image from the day that 
the, the day that is that I go in and the students have to describe that image to the rest of the class and have to guess what it is. So, but again, like it doesn't, it, it could be that or something else, you know, I think, I think advent calendars are great because there's a lot of things, a lot of different ways you can approach it depending on what kind of classroom you're working in, you know? Um, so those are like two things that are pretty easily adaptable to, to any classroom really. Well, exactly. I mean, the, my my instant thought um, with the Secret Santa one is, um, well, firstly, um, depending where you are, depending on, um, you know, the, the background of your classes. Um, mm. What we do in Spain, we call it Amigo Invisible, which means that you're yeah. invisible friend. So you don't even have to have the, you know, the, the denominational names where it doesn't even have to have that Christmas name. So in like, with the idea of yeah. inclusivity and such, you know, you can say we have, we're doing an amigo invisible. Brilliant, we're doing mm -hmm. a, you know an invisible friend rather than necessarily Secret Santa. Santa. Yeah. Um, mm. And then from that as well, um, my my instant thinks think my instant thought. Good English. <laughs> uh, my instant thought. <laughs> is, you know, it doesn't even necessarily have to be buy something for for someone in the class. It could be make something or find a poem for that person or mm. find a short story for that person somewhere online or you know mm -hmm. again in terms of language academies we tend to have you know people who can afford four or five euros for you know another classmate um yeah yeah what we you could also do is you know just even make a Christmas card, but like, you know, in a kind of Valentine's card style thing, you don't write who it's from and they have to guess who it's from, from the pictures yeah. or that mm -hmm. kind of thing. So mm -hmm. for me, the, the yeah. secret Santa idea is, it's just brilliant. And it is all about getting to know the people in the class. Um, and you know, yeah. you do surveys beforehand where they go around and ask each other all these different things. And um, mm -hmm. you can do an anonymous, if you've got an online classroom, you can do an anonymous uh, Google form where they fill in a bunch of stuff about themselves and then you send that Google form yeah. around yeah. to each other. You know, there's all these yeah. different ideas. Yeah, I think it. I think that's I think that's a good point. You know, don't uh, you need to make if you've got any inclination that your students do not know each other, then obviously don't go ahead straight away with this one of these uh, well, like a secret Santa idea. Maybe get them to to share some information about each other to the rest of the class, just in case. Cause you know, I think one of the worst things you could do is um, just jump into this uh, activity and then realize that none of your students have, you know, know anything about the other classmates, you know? So um, yeah, make sure that you're, you're, you're absolutely positive that your students could go out and buy something for, I mean, one of the benefits for ACAD or usually language schools is that we've got small groups, so anywhere between 10 and 12 students. So um, the likelihood the likelihood after three months together that they know at least one thing about another student is pretty high. But then I guess if you're working with bigger groups, then, yeah, you might need to uh, spend some time getting to share information with each other because otherwise it could go pear-shaped you know yeah and that well that, that whole thing builds like that whole lesson you know you can have that whole lesson beforehand focus on your your secret santa you know and, and you can do this this massive questionnaire and it can be as ridiculous mm. as you want you know it can be stuff like yeah if you were a cheese which cheese would you be you know and just stupid questions like that you know and then what, at the end of the day what cheese what cheese would you be harry Vegan cheese, mate. I'd be a vegan cheese, probably cashew based. What about yourself? Um, 
Grand Pad is it Grand Padano? Oh, the, the I'm Parmesan. saying that. Parmesan cheese. Yeah, I love that. Okay, cool. So there you go. Like at the end of the day, now <laughs> I know that that if you were my my invisible friend or I were your invisible friend, at the end of the day, I've got that to fall back on. I can just get you a lump of Grand Padano cheese. Um, Where could go. I buy vegan cheese though? Yeah, you can get so I'm it gonna in, buy it for you. In Carrefour, it's, it's available there. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty. Is good. it quite expensive? Yeah, but probably not as much as Grand Padano, to be honest. All right, okay, no, because you know, you know, you got to kind of like, you got to put a minimum on. Uh, sorry, a maximum on uh on what you pay, what you buy. You know, one hundred percent. You know, because I, I don't want to go out and buy you like a fifty pound slab of cheese. And then get a three pound return. No. no, of course. It needs yeah, to be yeah. I mean, even right. if it's uh even if it's making a card for somebody or something like that, or you know, even making you know some kind of montage video for them, uh, something like that, yeah. even that kind of thing, you can put a time limit on it, even if it's not yeah. a, a financial yeah. limit. So, right, I want you to go out and, and find a poem and like write a card for this person, but I don't want you to spend any more than an hour. So it has mm -hmm. a connection to it. So mm -hmm. you know, with mm -hmm. the secret Santa, there are so many ways it can go, and it can be really inclusive. It doesn't have to just mm -hmm. be, you know, go to Ale Hop, which is a, a shop here in Spain where you can buy like almost or, anything. Or, or Tiger. Yeah, or Tiger, exactly. Where you can go and spend five euros on a, a massaging thing, and then that's it. Mm -hmm. like, you know, you can do that in so many other ways. And yeah, yeah. the advent calendar. Mm -hmm. brilliant brilliant idea um and you yeah. can do it even with you know bags you know you can get these um my daughter's got these brown paper bags she's had them for three years now we fill them up every year with something different um yeah. but in that in the classroom as well you can get students to make each one of the days and you know, it could be a challenge or it could be a picture or it could be a quote that they like or again it could be a poem and they can put it in for that day and then when it comes yeah. around to their day, they pull it out and they read whatever it is in there. You know, it doesn't have to be chocolate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We we we're trying to avoid chocolate. Well, to be honest, we're gonna have we've got a couple of kids who uh, have got some dietary requirements. I mean, we can't uh, yeah, we can't just go feeding them all chocolate. So that's good. But yeah, I would I wouldn't want to do that anyway. So yeah, it's it's you know, yeah. um, and those things in there like you know that way as well. You know, one kid isn't getting something better than another kid, but they're each getting their mm -hmm. chance to, like you say, describe yeah. the picture maybe, or yeah, 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 you know, something along those lines. I think they're, uh, yeah, I think it's, it's, they're, they're two wonderful ideas, and they're also mm -hmm. um, really inclusive because you can have everybody yeah. involved in it. Um, and they've all got that yeah. little bit of wiggle room, which is what I really like yeah. about most of your videos as well. Like a lot of them are, mm -hmm. you know, here are some ideas. But like they give you the there's the scope to take them in your own direction. You're not like a kind of yeah. teaching dictator who says this is the idea and you must do it like this. It's a kind of yeah great way of approaching things. Yeah, I think I think that's yeah I think that's right. I think um, I kind of give I go around the framework of an idea and and I and that you know it, it's always very flexible you know and I think. 
but I, I, yeah, I do think sometimes teachers, sometimes teachers do appreciate just being told exactly what to do. Um, I think that's why certain people who who write lesson plans online are quite popular because you know sometimes teachers literally want to be told, okay, step one, do this; step two, do that, and they don't want to have to think, you know, any further. But I, well, the way I approach it is that. Um, I know every teacher's um, situation is different or overall the circumstances are different. So I don't want to make any assumptions, you know, and just I want to just give them the kind of uh, the, some guidance on on ideas and how to go about something, but not necessarily not, not be too specific or too exact about it, you know, so that so that if if, if teachers do need to uh, make any changes, they can. You know, I remember picking up these resource books for schools where you kind of have these these lesson plans or supplementary materials and it's like you go to the teacher instructions and it says you must have exactly 10 students in your class or uh, you know and or that you must have enough students to do this activity twice over or you kind of and I would always put you wouldn't put me off to think oh what how how do you know the teacher that's work look reading this has exactly 10 students you know so um yeah. yeah that's kind of my 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 approach really um, I see what you mean. Also, yeah, the, yeah. the great thing about them is you know there is enough there for people to not have to think you know there is mm -hmm. enough guidance there for people to not have to think but yeah it's not so yeah. rigid that you can't take it mm -hmm. off in your own direction and yeah you know, appreciating that teachers do you know have that kind of leeway and they do have that kind of freedom and you know some teachers are free thinkers other teachers not so much you know we're all different yeah. so yeah, yeah. fantastic. So what's your next idea? Let's have let's well, have another idea before we go off um for our for, for our news okay. and advert break. Well, talking about adverts, Harry, nice oh, segue there. Did you see? Oh, that was uh, beautiful, uh, wasn't it? Wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't actually set up at all. I'm just gonna let everyone know listening. Um the some of the ideas, I think two of my ideas or three of my ideas are actually from the Christmas ads that get pushed out every year from people like John Lewis or uh, someone else. And this, these lit, the, the reason why I use these is because they're nice and short, like most ads. So you know, anywhere between two and three minutes. Um, it usually has a, a, a very clear message associated with it. And um, it's usually got some, you know, some, some nice music as well as a soundtrack and for my particular situation a lot of these ads don't have much uh spoken dialogue so a lot of it is just um the music kind of plays over the ad you're just watching the images and i think that's great particularly for me because uh if it's an ad that has a lot of spoken dialogue then sometimes uh, I, I need to then think about okay who can i use this ad with because if there is a lot of spoken dialogue, then maybe I need to restrict it to higher levels. But with the the way that these ads work is that I can actually use them with young learners and adults. And so I can use them with everybody. So two of the ads I remember uh, from when actually when I was back in the UK was, I think it was when I was back in the UK, was um, the first one was a, uh, an ad about um, about a man on the moon. So good. And, that is yeah. So good. Yeah, yeah. It I remember playing that in one of my classes, mm. and one of the girls started crying, and I was like, "Yeah, That's yeah." Advert making a kid cry it was beautiful. Like just such a beautiful <laughs> advert. And you know, it, again, like talking about what what we were talking about before, you know, the the 
it doesn't it's not so specific to the ELT classroom these these things can be adapted for any classroom because the, essentially the message is like like most Christmas ads is you know sharing um, thinking about the other person you know putting yourself in every, someone else's shoes um, but it also kind of taps in this particular ad kind of taps into the kind of the loneliness that some people can feel around Christmas time especially with like the older generation and I think that's why it kind of pulls at a few heartstrings because it does kind of, I think a lot of people can relate to that because everyone's got a, most, you know, everyone's got, a, or most people have a grand, grandparents that might be living on their own. I know that my grandfather has been living on his own for like the last 15 years. And I know that he does get lonely, especially around Christmas time. So I think everybody can kind of, so it's not, um, you know, it's something that you could, especially with teachers uh, teaching abroad, it's it's a concept that easily translatable to you know any any culture really. I think it doesn't matter where you are teaching; you could be teaching in Spain, Korea, um, you know, Argentina. You know, doesn't matter where you are. I think everybody can relate to to this. So the um, and the story goes where you know there's a man, there's an older man living on the moon, and he's on his own, and this is girl looking at him through a telescope, and uh, he sees her, and she sees him, and then she decides to send him a present via a balloon. You know, let's not get into the physics of it, but you know, she get, manages to get that balloon over to the moon and give him a present. And um, so, I, I what I do with that particular video is I get to think about okay, so. Uh, what would you do if you were the man on the moon and you had to live on the moon? What would you take? You know, think of three things that you would take with you uh, if if you were going to live on the moon. And then um, I also get the students to put, I also put the students in the shoes of the girl and think about, okay, if you saw a man on the moon like she did, then uh, what present would you like to send to the man on the moon? Um, or I think I also go into what questions would you like to ask the man? So, um, I get the students to think of, you know, two or three questions that they'd like to ask the man on the moon. And, um, and then I get the, I then also maybe get the teacher to play the role of the man on the moon, and answer those questions, or even get a student, nominate a student to play the role of the man on the moon and try and come up with answers to the questions the students have. So, um, but yeah, that's, that's a very, it's a very um, open, uh, you, you can work, there's a lot of different ways you can work with that video. What and, would you send Yeah. What would I send him as a present? Yeah. Uh, probably I'd send them Elon Musk. Yeah. So he could build something and so he could, I don't know, start traveling around the world, around maybe, space. Maybe bring him back. Maybe he likes it on the moon on his own. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe some yeah. woolly socks. It's probably cold on the moon. Yeah. And well, wool is decent. pretty, keeps you yeah. pretty warm, doesn't it? Yeah, decent space suit. Yeah, Some just just a there. decent one. Yeah, <laughs> just one, just, just just one that's good enough. <laughs> <laughs> maybe not NASA approved, but maybe like the next level down. From yeah, like one you can just get pick up on Amazon, you know. Yeah, exactly. It's only one of those. Yeah, things. yeah. Like that. yeah I, I love that advert. Um, which other yeah. advert do you like to use? Well, so then the other one was it, it, what the other one is one I've been using for a number of years, and it's called. Um, well, I, I've called it Ben and Monty because those are the names of the two characters in the story. But I think the actual video is called something else. I think it might be called Penguin because, um, or Christmas Penguin, I'm not sure. I'd have to look it up, actually. Another um, brilliant one. 
Yeah. Monty the Penguin. That's it. Called yeah, Monty the Penguin. So. That's it. So, um, so yeah, it's about a story. Again, um, it, it, it's a concept that's pretty, you, you can take it anywhere around the world if you understand it. So it's just about a, a boy that has a, uh, a friend. Do I tell them what happens at the end? I don't think I... Oh, I don't, I don't know. I think maybe, I think most people should have seen it. And if they're going to be using it, maybe just before you tell them, you can do that whole classic thing. Do you remember on, on Grandstand? If you don't want to know the scores, look away now. Like yeah. Right before okay. you tell them the ending, just say, if right. you don't want to listen, I'll... put your fingers okay. in your ears now. So, so Ben is little boy and Monty's his best friend. And they are um spending a lot of time together they play together uh, they do everything together and um it's getting towards christmas time and ben's gonna have to buy something for monty and ben starts to notice that monty is looking kind of sad and lonely and monty seems to fixate everywhere they go he fixates on um on couples and the couples are kissing hugging and you know being all affectionate and he's kind of he's thinking oh god i want a i want a girlfriend or a boyfriend i don't know um it's, i don't know what kind of gender monty is i think he's uh just a penguin but um <laughs> he um ben decides to buy him a present and he buys monty another penguin uh to spend his time with and if you don't want to know the scores look away now but uh monty is actually not a real penguin he's made up He's an imaginary, he's one of these imaginary friends that all kids seems to have when they're young. So, um, so yeah, so um, he buys Monty and he actually buys Monty a penguin, but then this is, it's a toy penguin. Yeah. Um, so this, the kind of the, the message is, um, I guess, again, you know, sharing to each, giving to one another, um, trying to, you know, put yourself in someone else's shoes and, um, and so, but it's also got that kind of um, that nice aspect to it where you kind of, um, is it a kind of innocence that children have, you know, and, um, and also just, just also, I think a lot of us can also relate to when we when, when, when you were younger, you know, you had a very vivid imagination, you could, you could, um, in the, in the, in the video, he's, he's, the penguin is behaving like, you know, it's a real penguin and it does all these real things and it was all in his head, but it's kind of, that's kind of the, be the beautiful thing about it, you know? Um, so the way I use it is I, um, the way I use this particular video is actually, I don't show them the video at first. I just start introducing it step-by-step. Step. So I might tell them that we're going to watch a video about Ben and Monty and Ben and Monty are best friends. And I get them to, to tell me, and this is something you can do a lot with other videos as well. Is you do a kind of prediction task where you're kind of getting them to predict all the all the kind of the main elements of the story, and then you compare their ideas with the actual story when you watch it. So, um, what I do is I get the kids I get the kids to think about okay, they're best friends. What do they do together? Oh, they they let's say they do this and this. Okay, they they always eat together. What what what's their favorite meal? You know, get them to predict that. Um, ben buys Monty a present. Uh, what does he buy him? So get them to predict about that. Um, and so what we get then is just a, um, a series of ideas related to the video that the students have tried to come up with beforehand. And then we watch the video and then, it, you know, that gives the students a reason to watch it then because they want to know if their predictions were correct or not. And then it's interesting to compare their predictions with the actual what happens in the video. So, um, 
so yeah this is that's that's my approach with that video for the penguin I, I really love um, Christmas Christmas videos for you know mm -hmm. advert videos, particularly the John Lewis ones for my Christmas classes. I know that not long back, not long back, not long back, Michael Brand wrote a really good blog um, about using a number of them, um, including the Man on the Moon. Um, there's also yeah. a really good one about the the bear, the hibernating bear, and it's got. Lily Allen oh, yeah. singing a Keen song as the soundtrack to it. Um, I found that one really. I haven't seen that one. I think there's a lot of new ones that I haven't seen, which would, could could be even better than the ones I've, I've mentioned. So yeah, there's some um, really good ones. There's mm. one of a dog that jumps on a trampoline, which my daughter particularly loves because she's got a trampoline and a dog. There we go. So so I, she is yeah. You know, she could have been in that video watching that. Yeah. And as we've mentioned adverts there, um, we're going to pause. We're going to shoot off for the news and some adverts. We'll be back in just a moment. Are you looking to take your phonics practice forward? Then Little Wondle Letters and Sounds Revised is the programme for you. Created by two schools with an excellent track record in phonics, Little Wondle Letters and Sounds Revised will help all children become readers and ensure no child is left behind. The programme offers complete support for your phonics teaching, alongside classroom resources and fully decodable readers from Colin's Big Cat. To find out more, follow at Letters Sounds on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram, or join a free briefing by visiting littlewondelettersandsounds.org.uk. Teachers Talk Radio is delighted to support Winston's Wish, the UK's childhood bereavement charity. Winston's Wish supports children and their families after the death of a parent or sibling. They provide emotional and practical bereavement support. Expert teams also provide online resources, specialist publications and training for professionals. Find out more about Winston's Wish and pledge your support at www.winstonswish.org. This is Teachers Talk Radio, and this is Teachers Talk Radio News with Gail Glenn. In Scotland, independent schools have been eligible for charity relief on non-domestic business rates. This will end on the 1st of April 2022. Scottish Greens MSP Ross Greer said, most Scots are appalled when they discover that private schools use their charitable status to avoid paying tax. Ending this tax break is not only the right thing to do, it will also raise much-needed additional funds for our public services. Private schools exist to protect the power and privilege of the wealthiest people in society. As long as they exist, they should be treated just like any other business and pay the appropriate amount of tax. According to a report in the Daily Record, Betty's College charges over £36,000 a year for boarding and Gordonston over £40,000 to board senior pupils. Despite the change being delayed due to COVID, the Scottish Government have confirmed the date of April the 1st for its removal.
Churchwood School in Wembury has been awarded an outstanding report from Ofsted. This preschool is different in that irrespective of the weather, the children are outside exploring the woods. Emma Draper launched the Forest School in Kindergarten in 2017. She explained, We go outside whatever the weather and we splash in puddles when it rains. That's all they want to do. I'm sure you've heard the phrase, there's no such thing as bad weather, just bad clothing. Churchwood Forest School scored an outstanding report in each category, including the quality of education, behaviour and attitudes, personal development and leadership and management. This has been your latest Teachers Talk Radio News with Gail Glenn. This is Two Minute Tech with Steve Woods, your tech briefing on Teachers Talk Radio. This week we're going to look at one of the simplest, freely available, yet least used browser technologies, the Reader View. Chrome versus Edge, let the battle commence. On screen one, I have Microsoft Edge, weighing in at the cost of zero pounds. On screen two, I have Google Chrome, also weighing in at the cost of zero pounds. Round one, opening Reader View. On the Edge browser, the immersive reader feature is built in and can be activated by a button on the address bar, by typing read followed by a colon in front of a URL, and also you can simply press F9. Before you can open Reader View in Chrome, you have to install it as an extension. It's free and not difficult. Once installed, you'll find it in extensions located to the right of the address bar. One point to Immersive Reader. Round two, features. Both come out fighting with the read aloud feature that allows the user to adjust the read speed, skip forward and back, and change the voice that is reading. They both also highlight the word being read. Chrome Reader has a volume control, which is a nice touch if not using headphones. One point, Chrome Reader. Round three, readability. A big feature for reader views is the ability to change the formatting to suit the user. Both allow easy changing of font size, font and text width on the screen, but they differ in background colour features. Here is where Immersive Reader offers quite a bit more. Chrome Reader offers eight background slash contrast colours, four light and four dark. Immersive Reader provides 23 background options, green, pink, yellow and blue included, allowing pupils with visual needs to find a comfortable colour. One point, Immersive Reader. Round four, editing. Chrome Reader features a design mode. This allows you to highlight text and make changes. Quite useful if wanting to pick out key points to return to. Immersive Reader does not have this feature. One point Chrome Reader. Round five, extra features. Immersive Reader has a grammar feature, allowing words to be split into syllables. You can highlight nouns, verbs, adjectives and adverbs by flicking switches. This feature is not offered on Chrome Reader. One point Immersive Reader. Immersive Reader also offers reading preferences, featuring line focus of five, three or one line, locking out the rest of the page. There's a picture dictionary, allowing some words to change the pointer to a magic wand that reveals a picture depicting it. Also, there's a translation feature allowing partial or full translation of a page into 88 different languages at the click of a button. Chrome Reader does not offer these features, however, other free products such as Google Translate could be used. Immersive Reader takes the point because you don't need to leave the page. Final score! Winning with 4 points to 2 after a blistering final round is Microsoft Immersive Reader, but let's face it, most people don't know these things exist. If you were one of them, please do something about it. See if these features are installed in your school, and if not, request they are. For a visual version of this episode, check out the TT Radio 2021 Twitter feed. Two Minute Tech with Steve Woods. Your tech briefing on Teachers Talk Radio.
Welcome back, everybody. We are here with Mr. Lessons, Charlie himself. Um, <laughs> we are talking about his lesson. By the way, his name isn't Charlie's Lessons. That is I was going to. I was just going to say that. I, I mean, I don't. I mean, I'm. I'm, I'm, I'm probably not going to say my real name. You know, but um, he's an enigma. You can just call me. You can just call me Charlie. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know why, but ever since the first video of yours that I saw, which was your first video, in fact, um, you just became Mr. Lessons to me. Um, even though, obviously, you know, there is a possessive S on there, and I know they are the lessons that belong to you. Um, yeah. I don't know, you just, you became Charlie's Lessons, even, even after you told me your real name, which I'm just not going to say now. Um, because yeah, yeah. I think it, it, you know, as I say, you can re remain an enigma for everybody. Yeah. I was actually thinking about whether I should change the name of my YouTube channel. Oh, to what? Because, well, I don't know. Do you th sometimes, I've just been recently, obviously, recently thinking about how uh, perhaps I should make it more clear that, or clearer, more clear, clearer that, um, uh, that it is for English teachers, because I don't know if Charlie's Lessons really speaks to the fact that it's a channel for English teachers. I, think, I don't know if it's too vague, perhaps. Yeah. What would you become? Charlie's ELT Lessons? Mm. Charlie's English Lessons? Charlie's Lessons for English teachers? I think that's too long, isn't it? I, I, don't, I think, I don't know. I, for me personally, I love Charlie's lessons, um, but I, I know who you are and I know what you do. So um, yeah. for me, it works. Not, not being I don't know how important a name. Yeah, I don't know how poor, important the name is really, because, you know, a lot of there's been a lot of terrible names for things that have eventually become extremely popular. You know, I think like everyone can agree that the Beatles is a terrible name for a band. Yeah, it's not that, the best would name, you say no, but then. No one cares anymore, you know. No, the music. No one cares. Good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they were all right. I mean, let's be honest. Yeah. Starbucks isn't exactly a great name for a coffee shop, you know. No. Good name for a boat, but not a coffee shop. Um, but yeah. they're all right. Yeah. So. Or U two. I feel like U two is a bit tacky as a name. Oh, it really is. You like? Anyway. What about Savage Garden? We're just going to go through band that's, names that's now. What, that's so that's quite good. That's a good one. Or do you think that's a good one or not? I think it's a good name, but is it appropriate mm. to their music? Uh, yeah. But well, I think, Savage I think Garden it... to me sounds like you know, right? Um, but it's more like <laughs> yeah. Don't get me wrong. I guess I that's like true. Savage yeah. Garden. Yeah, but I think I think you're right when you said earlier. You know, at the end of the day, it, it doesn't really. Wait. I might be. This might be complete lies, but it doesn't really matter what it, what the name is. If it's gonna, if people are gonna, you know, like if people like your content and you know, etc., then you, you could be called anything. Well, not anything, but you know. No, I think it's. I think it's yeah. fairly clear. Um, Good. It's obviously some kind of learning thing, and you know, if you pick up some non ELT people along the way, then that can't be a bad thing. Yeah. So, right, we'll discussion over then. Well, I'm, I'm not going to tell you whether to or not to. Um, I don't want that to be right. on, on my head. Okay. It's bald enough as it is. 
<laughs> so, and with that, no segue this time, um, unless no. your next Christmas activity is about bald headedness, um, <laughs> which I'm pretty sure no. it isn't. Well, uh, well, hang on a minute. Hang on a minute. Maybe I can shoehorn it in. Shoehorn? Is that a word? Yes, it is. It is word. Okay, it is. It is word. That's um, his word. So, <laughs> um, I did have uh, one of the ideas in my video is about the ghosts of Christmas, and that is a connection to the Charles Dickens uh, book. And one, yeah, the idea is is that obviously in um, in the story there's the ghost of Christmas past, present, and future, which I think uh, lends itself quite nicely to the idea of you being bald because you know maybe in the future we'll all be bald. Um, good. Or maybe, good. or maybe, past, I used to have hair. Yes. Yeah. So maybe my ghost of Christmas future will be a bald Mr. Lessons. And then, you good. know. Excellent so, yeah. So, anyway, so, so obviously, I, I, I kind of made that connection to that story in my class because obviously, when we're dealing with uh, teaching English, we, we do spend a bit of time looking at grammar. You know, I do look at grammar sometimes. And um, it lends itself nicely to the idea that, you know, we're always, we we're usually spending, spend time at the beginning of the academic year looking at the present tenses, then we move to the past, then we usually use then use to move to the future. And I thought this was a nice way to talk about Christmas with the students. Um, but also, and also to get them, give some kind of, impart some cultural knowledge so talking about dickens and also um testing their ability to speak about uh events in the past in the present and the future so the way i did it was um we looked at a trailer for one of the patients for the book and kind of got them familiar with the idea in the in the story mm -hmm. and then i got them thinking about okay so if we were to meet the ghost of your christmas past i don't try to make it sound as you know terrifying as it is in the book but um <laughs> you know i tried to make it a bit more light-hearted so you, you know think about Muppet style thing rather than yeah, yeah yeah exactly so uh get them thinking about um christmases Christmases? Can you can you plural, can you pluralize Christmas? Is you that, can do what you want, Charlie. Oh God, yes. Um, so uh, think about Christmases in the past and what uh, what did they do in the past? Uh, think about maybe a memorable Christmas from the past. Um, why was it memorable? What did you get as presents? Um, who was there? You know, etc. And then think about the Christmas present. So um, what's changed? um maybe using getting them to use structures like i used to to think about you know talk about things that were true in the past but not true today um and then uh, the ghost of christmas future so get them to imagine the their future and celebrating christmas in the future um and so i kind of tied it in in a roundabout way to the christmas uh a christmas tale and uh, i felt like i kind of killed three birds with one stone now because i got them you know using the using uh testing your english in the in the three kind of tenses the three main main tenses and uh, also getting them familiar with a, a popular um christmas tale and uh also well also doing something related to christmas around christmas so um 
And I feel like that that was uh, that's an idea that's worked quite well with um, with with all 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 ages actually, because you know the younger learners they enjoy it because um, you obviously got the adaptation by the Muppets, but then also the older students are kind of interested as well because if they're interested in reading then um, in English, then that's, 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 a, that's a gateway there for them to engage with the content that way as well. I love the idea of the, the Christmas future one as well with, uh, mm. with students. You know, yeah. Looking at what it could be like in future. Yeah, yeah. And it, and it also, the, what I did in the video was I relate it, related it to one of the other activities which I do is comparing Christmas in other countries. And this is another way for me to test their use of comparative structures. Um, but it's also more of a, you know, working on their geography, perhaps, or general knowledge and uh, thinking about how uh, Christmas is celebrated in other countries and uh, traditions that are um, that take place in other countries and, and why the way I tied it into that original idea was when I talked to them about the ghost of Christmas future, I said, okay, are you going to be living in Spain? Or are you going to be living somewhere else? Imagine you were living in Japan, for example. And uh, what would, what would you, what would your life, what's your life going to be like when you're living in Japan? And I know from looking at how they celebrate Christmas in Japan, one of the, one of the traditions they have is going to KFC yeah. to eat chicken. Yeah um i'm not sure which date that is exactly but i think it's around christmas time and i found I that very christmas very eve, weird christmas eve they all go to kfc yeah it's such a strange um, tradition it must be quite really, a new one as well must be yeah um and in other traditions were well i know in uh scandinavia some scandinavian countries they celebrate little christmas which is the 23rd i believe which is might we might call it christmas eve eve you know i, I used to call um, it christmas eve eve that's for sure yeah um yes yeah, so i did i did some research myself and i then i what i did was i brought that information into the classroom uh if you've got if i if you've got students with devices that they can search the internet with then you can get them to do some kind of a web quest in the classroom. So uh, get them to maybe choose, uh, allocate them some countries around the world and they have to go and find out what, what's, what's kind of tr tr traditional or typical in those countries. Um, if you don't have uh, students with, uh, who have tablets or mobile phones, then you can bring the information yourself, maybe um, print out some, some fact sheets and print, um, stick them up around the classroom. Um, so, and I found when, when I've done this activity with my classes, I found that, it, that a lot of students really get into it and they're, they're kind of shocked by, um, I guess they're, they're shocked by a couple of things. It's just by how many countries celebrate Christmas, more than they had imagined. Um, and also, yeah, just how similar as well it can be. I think a lot of students are also surprised by that because, you know, they're going across the world and they're actually doing a lot of the things that we're doing, um, which speaks more to just how globalized the world has become, but also just, yeah, it's, it helps the students build and build up a picture of what the world is like. And, but I also, also some like of the other, when they see yeah. the massive differences and they're like, yeah. but that's crazy. I remember mm. when I went to Brazil and I found out that they ate their Christmas dinner on the 24th, like we do here in Spain. I was yeah. like, but, but, but how can, how can you eat it on the 24th? It's Christmas dinner. You have to have it on Christmas day. And then like, since I've been here in Spain, I always yeah. have my Christmas dinner on the 24th at night 
And it's, I'm sorry to say, it's so much better. It takes all the stress away from Christmas Day because, you know, the next day you get up, you open your presents. Um, yeah. You can eat leftovers from the night before. It kind of almost turns into a Boxing Day kind of affair, but there's nobody stressing out in the kitchen all day cooking. And I don't know. I, I love the, the way you kind of see in Christmas the night before with your family and stuff like that. And I don't know. Mm -hmm, I mean, they're mm -hmm. different, but they're also, yeah, yeah, there's those similarities as well. Yeah. So that's one of the areas that's one of the ideas in my video that i like to i kind of made a link them between comparing christmas around the world and then the ghost of christmas past present and future and then i got them to think about imagining their lives in the future uh maybe in a different country celebrating christmas um um i think one of the final ideas from the video from the video that i did on christmas activities is about the story behind the Trafalgar Square Christmas tree. I don't know if you know this story, Harry. Well, um, why don't you tell me, Charlie? Oh, okay, go on then. So the um, in Trafalgar Square, there's, if you've ever been in London at Christmas, then there's a big old tree in Trafalgar Square. And uh, that tree has uh, actually come all the way from uh, Norway. Um, and it's Oslo has been sending that Christmas tree to Trafalgar Square uh, since the since the end of the Second World War, essentially. And it's a it's it's essentially a gift from the Norwegian people to the to the people of London, to the people of the UK, for the for the help that they received during the Second World War against the Germans. And the um, I just think that's a nice, obviously, the, the origin of the story is not a particularly nice one. Um, but I think the fact that it's something that has been, they've maintained this tradition ever since. And I think it kind of really, really kind of encapsulates the, the Christmas spirit, you know, and um, you're giving to one another. And so the, the story behind it is quite interesting because, you know, they, they have to, they pick out a tree long in advance they're going to cut down and send over to london and um there's actually a video on um on on youtube that goes into depth about how it started and how they get the tree from a to b and it's quite interesting and um i just i, I get the impression that not not many people are familiar with that and i think obviously a lot of people will be visiting london at christmas and a lot of people have spent you know been in a lot of people have been in Trafalgar Square around Christmas time and probably taken a picture, you know, or a selfie with that with that tree behind them. So um, I think some people might be interested to to learn about where that tree came from. Um, and so the way I use it in the in the in the classroom is um, I get the students to think about what gift would they like to give another country around the world. So imagine that. Um, that where they where they live so in my case uh, the people of spain um what gift would they give to another country that could um that would be considered you know a uh, typical or traditional by spanish people so you give send over a leg of uh ham you know some spanish ham i'm not sure what the logistics would be like trying to get a leg of ham across uh to another country but um well, as long the, as they're not uh, sending it to britain it'll probably be quite easy yeah exactly um or or to malaysia for example where they don't eat pork 
more difficult yeah maybe to yeah. portugal wouldn't be particularly yeah hard. yeah so thinking about it gets them thinking about not only uh, where they would like to send their the, the present to but what kind of present would they choose and it gets them thinking about their own kind of their own country and what what would what would they like to give to another country that they would they think would be um appreciated by someone else and then also once once they've chosen the country to to give a present to then they might ask the question well what would i like to re receive uh from that country and um it gets them thinking about going back to comparing christmas and other countries but and then it gets them thinking about okay so i've learned a little bit about what christmas is like in those other countries so what would i like to adopt perhaps or what would i like to receive physically from from one of those countries and then it gets them thinking about that as well so i feel like it kind of they learned this nice story about the the um the relationship between two particular countries that um in this case the uk which is you know quite prominent in our in our english classes mm -hmm. and and then um getting them to kind of use that idea and think about how they could like um apply that to maybe uh, building a relationship between their country and another in a similar fashion you know so um that's that was a uh, that was something that my students enjoyed last time we did it as well I, I love the, the whole Christmas tree thing um, mm -hmm. as well, because here in, in Spain, we don't have Christmas trees. We have those horrendous Christmas cones, which I just, I can't, I can't fathom them. I'm sorry. I love a, I love a Christmas tree. Um, yeah. nothing, nothing gets me feeling Christmassy like a Christmas tree. Um, yeah. And the, here there's, there's just these Christmas cones everywhere that just basically mm -hmm. a cone of lights. And it's like, well, yeah, that's not anything. Well, you can, I think you can get the Christmas trees as we know them up, up north in Spain, in northern Spain, I think. Oh, yeah, they like out but, on the streets and stuff like that. Because here, you know, mm, I, mm. I recently went to, well, I got back about 10 hours ago from Madrid, actually. Um, and there's, there's hundreds of these cones everywhere. And it's like, well, that's not, it's just not cricket, is it? <laughs> yeah, but they do, um, I mean, there is a bit of uh, resistance, though, towards. I'm not sure how how popular Christmas trees would be here because there's a lot of um, resistance to some of the what they what Spanish people consider to be kind of um, foreign invasion. So things uh, cultural invasion. You know, uh, I think it's more prominent during Halloween. I think uh, around Christmas time as well. There are certain things that Spanish people are starting to adopt around Christmas time that. That, that some some Spanish people don't really see as Spanish, you know, and, and they're kind of there's some resistance uh, towards that. So um, there, you know, there is certainly, things, you know, the yeah. Well, Papa Noel, for example, Santa Claus is. Uh, there, yeah. there are certain areas that people are just like they can't they can't deal Fathom with it. it. Yeah. You know, mm. I, mm. I I do love the idea of um, of you know the 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 three kings as well um yeah yeah it just, it just yeah. becomes very expensive if you've got a child because you know in the yeah. end they're not getting yeah. half at christmas and half at the other one half of reyes mm -hmm. which is on the 6th of, of january they end up getting well not double but you know it's just it's insane um yeah i do like i have seen a lot of spanish families adopting the whole give the main presence uh for for the father christmas day as they call it here. yeah um, yeah. And then for Reyes, for the, the three yeah. Kings Day, they kind of get their clothes for school and, and mm -hmm. stuff like that. 
Yeah. And that's a fair, a fair one, a fair way to do it because then the kids get enough time to play with whatever they've got for the exactly. duration of the holidays. Yeah. So um I've got a I've got a question for you, Harry, and it's something that's been bugging me about Christmas. And it's related back to my Secret Santa idea. Um what do you think people should do around Christmas? So when it comes to giving presents, do you think you should tell? the person that you're that 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 needs to buy a present for you do you think you should just tell them what you want or do you think you should let them come up with something themselves no i i think particularly with secret santa when it's you know when it's not a when it's not a big thing you know when it's not i think it should mm -hmm. be come up with by by themselves and i think it should just be appreciated as well you know the, the school mm -hmm. i used to work at they they did a, a, a secret Santa and they were like, make sure you give the, the the gift certificate with it in case somebody wants to exchange it. And it's like, no, yeah, yeah, no, you, you get what you get and you're you're grateful yeah. for it. And if you don't mm -hmm. like it, then you re-gift it to somebody else. You know, it's mm -hmm. it's uh, yeah. you know, I, I'm yeah, I'm not a fan of that. Um, and in terms of like, I'm not a big present kind of guy. Um, yeah, I don't really i don't know i'm uncomfortable with being given presents um so i'm i if anyone ever asks me what i, I need or what i want it tends to be something ridiculous ridiculously functional yeah. yeah i think i think sometimes we fall into the trap during christmas where we just end up giving people what they need like so like very kind of like like necessities or like things like boxes and socks yeah. And it's like, you know, okay, well, I need some socks, so just buy me some socks. And it's just and I feel like that kind of defeats the 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 whole kind of you know, the whole Christmas spirit really. I think I think it needs to be something that you give that it could fill a need, but it well, I think it needs to be something that that sh that kind of shows how much you uh how much you care for that person and perhaps there's something that kind of that demonstrates how much you, you know. Uh, how much you think about that person or or know about that person so um yeah, yeah we just we've come in we've come to a point now with secret santa in the family here where we're literally telling each other shoe sizes and and uh you know things like that and it just kind of defeats the point the point really because that, that kind of takes away the spirit of christmas for me mm, really that's mm, yeah um yeah, you tell someone your shoe size and they come back with a pair of gloves. So, <laughs> 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 they have told me your shoe size, but I wanted to do um, I'm really into now um, with in terms of presents, you know, for for my for my immediate family, for my um, for my wife, for my daughter. It's it's more about experiences now. It's um, mm -hmm. you know, we went to Madrid. Um, yeah, this weekend just gone by, which was was a was a gift basically and now we're we're gonna go on the day before boxing day because this year boxing day is actually on a monday because boxing day can't yeah. fall on a sunday so on the 26th of december we're going to uh we're going to granada so my daughter can see nice. the for the first time oh um, nice 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 you know so things like that have kind of stepped up and replaced other things and you know with my wife being a photographer one of the big mm -hmm. things is you know calendars for people so you know we make yeah. make calendars for for family in the UK and stuff like that. Um, is she the one family. that goes around? Is she the one that goes around taking photos of firemen with cats? 
She takes photos of everything. Okay. Everything. Um, everything. She's amazing. She doesn't she, make those sexy calendars then. Oh, well, not yet. Not I mean, yet. that's a we big don't, market. We don't have any sexy firemen in the village, you see. So yeah. um, we do need to get some sexy firemen here so so we can do that. Um, firemen and cats. Um, yeah. And I don't have any. Yeah. I don't have any cats or firemen, actually. So I can't help you there. No, you don't. You don't have no. a spare fireman knocking around the house. No, not anymore. Oh, hate when that happens. Um, yeah. So there we go, uh, Charlie. Um, Mr. Lessons, I believe. Do is there one more? Um, no. Is there one more? Please, sir. Can I have some more? Oh, there you go, Oliver. One second. I don't think I there don't, is any more. I've got I to think be honest. We've got to the end of them. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we talked about. Let's, 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 let's do. Let, they, let's do a wrap go on, up. Do a quick recap. Okay, can you put some like funk? I don't think you can't. Can you? I was going to put, put some kind of like montage music on or something. So coming in at number one is. <laughs> uh, we talked you about you the. You can yeah, yeah, we did actually. Yeah, uh, we talked about the Christmas adverts that. Um, come out every year and I took a couple of examples of the one of the man on the moon and, and Monty the penguin as as perfect for, for adaptation for the classroom. Uh, we talked about in Christmas around the world and um, also about the story behind a Trafalgar Square Christmas tree. Um, we also talked about how we can incorporate the story by uh, the Christmas tale by Dickens into the into the English language classroom by talking about the ghosts of Christmas past, present and future. We talked about the old uh, tradition of secret Santa uh, and advent calendars and how those um, uh, how those can be also incorporated into the classroom. And the final one, which we did not talk about, Harry. There we go. Is is obviously writing a letter to Santa. There which you go. We, yeah, we love getting our students writing and what better way than writing a letter to Santa um, and asking for all the things they want for Christmas. So again, this probably more for younger students, um, you know, but, you know, depending on the uh, the group of adults you might have, you know, some some adults. I can imagine some adult groups might be up for it. Might be might enjoy writing a letter to Santa. You know, if it's going to be practicing their written skills, and they're probably all for it. So, um, but yeah. So the way I do it is I get them to just, as you can imagine, give them a nice template. Uh, get them to think about the address, um, and then I will give them some envelopes and we actually send them off um, to Santa. So we go find a local post box and we'll go and pop them in one by one. Um, and I might do a cheeky little response letter. Um, and I usually get other teachers in the school to write them just because otherwise if it's all in my handwriting, it looks a bit uh, suspect. So um, email, mate, email. Yeah, Santa doesn't have an email, does he? WhatsApp. Oh, he has WhatsApp. There you go. 
or Telegram. I don't know which one. Obviously, yeah, he's probably not using WhatsApp anymore because it's yeah not private enough. I remember saying to my to my daughter a few years back. Uh, I don't know. You know, it's that that, that traditional uh, idle threat of you know I'll tell Santa. I, I don't do that anymore. Um, when she was about three, was, you know, I'll tell yeah. Santa. I'll send him a WhatsApp. And I was like, I'll send him a WhatsApp. Am I doing that? Yeah. Am I, am I, am I, am I at that <laughs> stage now where I'm saying I'm going to send a WhatsApp to Santa? Now, you know, I've, I've gone against the whole, you know, if you don't behave, Santa won't bring you presents. Um, I just, you know, tell her that she should I feel like with these, with these, I want her to. Yeah. With these activities, though, you've got to be careful when you, I mean, again, I'm going to, I'll probably have to ask you, but. Um, you have to be careful about who knows and who doesn't know um, about Santa, you know, especially when you get to ages. Oh, well, what age do students, do, what age do kids usually find out? I think it's Santa? around eight or nine. Yeah. So if you're kind of teaching around those age groups, you've got to be careful because you do not want to be that guy that tells the student that Santa isn't real. My, or see, that, or my, that you, my thing yeah. is, if you believe it, then it's real. Yeah, you know, I remember once my daughter came home and said, oh, Pablo Garcia thinks Superman is real. And I'm like, if you believe it, then it's real. If you want to believe in those things, then that's absolutely fine. It's worked for many other facets of life um, where people <laughs> believe things that maybe, you know, have absolutely no evidence and they believe it, in which case it's real to them. Yeah, but what if they believe in something that's uh, pretty horrible? Then maybe oh, yeah. you have to tell them as it's not true. As long as it's not yeah. harmful to anybody. Right, okay, all right. In which yeah. case, <laughs> you know, as long as they're not hurting anybody, that's, that's the, well, yeah. another one of the things. If they're, up, if they're hurting somebody, then it's not really okay. But as long as they're not hurting anybody, then, you know, it's all good. Now let them believe what they want to believe. Yeah, so... Yeah, that's that's all I'm. Yeah, just make sure that you are. If you're teaching around these age groups, then either either don't do the activity or try and try and figure out a way of uh, how you would um, respond if all well, you students... can always say, "Well, I believe in Santa." Yeah, fine. You don't believe in Santa, whatever I do, mm. and you don't have to then go into why. You just say, "Well, I do." Exactly. Um, exactly. That's it. Yeah. I believe in Santa. What do you mean? It's not real. Don't talk to me like that. Well, yeah. if your parents said it's not real, well, I believe in him. That's fine. Yeah. You get them going home to their parents. My teacher said he believes in Santa. And then teachers complain. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. Just leave it to the director to deal with. Yeah, there you go. Which is you. So that was officially the last idea of the video. I knew there was a last one. In you there. did, you did, you did. Yeah. And I'm sorry that I denied you, like <laughs> Moses. Well, <laughs> this has been... Judas, um, sorry, Judas, Judas. There you go. You Not can't Moses. Really blame Moses for that. <laughs> <laughs> this has been... Um, it's been it's been different. I like it's been great, um, and I hope that our, our listeners, wherever they may be, um, yeah. have got some ideas for these last few days of uh, of term. Um, but I, ho I hope they haven't just tuned in and heard me call shouting you calling you Judas. I, I hope not. Um, I'm not. Uh, by the way, okay. I'm Harry. Um, for those of you who are just <laughs> tuning in, um, a pleasure to meet you. 
Uh, it's been wonderful, Charlie. Um, thank you so much. Good luck. And everybody, again, thank you. remember, look for Charlie's lessons, like, subscribe, press the bell, follow him on TikTok, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, TikTok. I've said that one already, haven't I? I'm saying it twice. Top tick. Really. Yeah. Tucker, Tucker. It's been great. Um, thank you so much. Enjoy thank your Christmas break. And uh, I'll see you very soon. Yes, Harry. Thank you for having me on and uh, I'll speak to you soon. Cheers, mate. Cheers. So that was indeed Charlie of Charlie's Lessons. Um, I spoke to him a little earlier in the week. It was a fantastic pleasure to, to have him around. Obviously, he's, he's busy at the moment. He wasn't able to come on live. But I'm, I'm certain at some point in the new year, he will be back. Um, and saying that, there, there is only one more uh, show this year. Well, for, from me, obviously, uh, from my co-host. There are many, many more um, up until Wednesday the 22nd, which, as I said at the top of the show, is when school's out here in Spain. Um, so my last show will be uh, next week with Cecilia Nobre. I'm very excited to, to be speaking to her, somebody uh, who is from the place my teaching career really began. Um, but we'll talk more about that next week. Um, up until then, I do hope you enjoy your end of year bashes. Um, I hope you stay safe. I hope you stay healthy. Um, and thanks, everybody, for coming along today. It's been a real pleasure. And I'll see you next week. You've been listening to Teachers Talk Radio. Tune in live and listen back at ttradio.org. We look forward to hearing from you next time on Teachers Talk Radio.